0: I didn't share a great tool for combating peer pressure that we've used in our own family. So I have no idea why I didn't remember this in the moment, but that's how it goes sometimes. And that is that sharing an experience can be a really powerful tool when dealing with peer pressure. It's pretty hard to argue with experience, and it can often really just shut down the pressure in that moment.
1: Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start
0: raising adults. This episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by Manscaped. As we head into the holidays and gift-giving season, you might be looking for the perfect gift for that special guy in your life. Why not give the gift of great grooming? You can join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer for you. We have 20% off and free worldwide shipping for our audience with the code RAISINGADULTS20 with Adults RAISINGADULTS in all caps. and You can use that code at manscaped.com.
1: Manscaped offers an entire robust line of grooming and hygiene products, and their trimmers come with some incredible features, like skin-safe technology to reduce accidents, because no one likes those, a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, a 4000K LED spotlight with extra light, and additional guard length sizes 1 to 4. They also have wireless charging with electromagnetic induction to increase battery life.
0: So if you're looking for a great gift for a guy in your life, you can use our code for a great discount. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RAISINGADULTS20 at checkout at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code RAISINGADULTS20 with RAISINGADULTS in all caps. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
1: Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Adults. We are so happy to have you here with us today. We've got kind of a fun episode ahead. We're going to talk about all the things we wish we'd said that we haven't said, because oftentimes when Dina and I record an episode, a few days later, we think about it and we're like, oh, man, I wish I'd said. (laughs) So today we're going to do that, right, Dina?
0: Yes. I mean, it does really happen. And we often record off the cuff because we have so much to say on the topic of parenting and we can generally fill a half hour episode without much effort. But it is true that sometimes we leave a recording and there's some other great point we wish we'd mentioned or something we wanted to share with all of you that might have been helpful or even just fun. So we're going to talk about a few serious things we wish we'd included in some previous episodes and then we're going to end with just a few fun things.
1: Yes. Excellent. Do you want to go first today?
0: Sure. I can start with a serious one. It was a while ago now, but Kira and I did do an episode on the good old birds and the bees talk and having that conversation with your children and how it's actually a series of conversations. And there were some guidelines I really wish I'd mentioned. And obviously one of the things that makes our podcast unique is that Kira and I share different worldviews and paradigms, and we often approach things from different angles. But these guidelines are really universally applicable. And I actually shared them with Kira while we were just on a walk as friends one day. And she was like, oh, you need to say that on the show. So (laughs) I immediately went home and was like, okay, I got to type this out so I don't forget. So here's what I wish I'd shared. These are some really good guidelines if you are at this point where you're having this conversation and maybe you'd like to share some really generic guidelines. And I think what's great about this is they really aren't tied to a certain vision of morality. They're really even about just safety and learning to set boundaries that are healthy. And we all want our kids to learn that. So here are my three little tips that I just wish I'd mentioned. One is it's so important to choose the boundaries in advance. And so with my kids, we talked, of course, first as a team together about, you know, where, where might that line be for you? What are you comfortable with? And then of course, as they're older, you've got to hand this off. This has to be delegated to them and they have to decide what am I comfortable with? But here's what everybody notices, and actually any adult knows, if you've ever been in the true heat of the moment, for lack of a better phrase, is that intimacy is designed to be progressive. So once you start kissing, you kind of want to do the next thing, and you kind of want to do the next thing. And if you haven't thought about this in advance, it's very easy to get carried away or caught up or maybe even be taken advantage of in a way that is unfortunate. So I really recommend choosing boundaries in advance and wish I had shared that. And you can do that with your kids and then they can become adept at choosing that for themselves. And the second thing is just a little fun tip that we talked about. Number two and three kind of go together. And that is if all else fails, a really good rule of thumb for staying safe and comfortable and making sure something doesn't go too far or get out of hand, that is to stay upright and to stay public. So what we talked about in our family is if you're in a group, things are way less likely to get uncomfortable or where you're put in a position where you're like, I don't know what to do and how to assert myself. And especially for kids who are just experiencing dating for the first time and stuff, sometimes that's really hard to be put in that position. So if you're in a group, you can avoid that. So that's the stay public part. And then the stay upright part, we always told our kids, you know, if you can stay vertical. And we always said from the waist up, at least with your torso. So that means you're sitting or standing. And the reason we said this is, this is really true, but once you're horizontal, it really is a game changer. And so what I used to tell my children is laying down is actually symbolic of letting your guard down. It's a thing to really be careful about. We want to be careful about the messages we're sending and laying down is a big one. <laughs> so we just said, if you can stay public and stay vertical. And that was, it almost became like a little light joke. Like our kids would leave for a date. And we'd be like, stay public, stay upright. But <laughs> the truth is they're actually helpful tools. So there's my three little nuggets from the sex talk episode that I wish I had included.
1: Well, and what I like about this is, you know, the sex talk episode was really about how do we start that conversation with our littles and how does that conversation progress over time? Because as you said, this is not one talk. This is many, many talks. But I love the idea of as our kids are coming into more physical intimacy in their probably teen years, that this is such a great conversation to be having of like even just the concept of prepping them for the fact that it is progressive. And whatever you decide to do with that information, You know, family to family is going to be different, but that's very true. And I think kids, we don't, you don't necessarily realize that going into a kiss, that, you know, you're going to feel feelings that make you want to progress. So even just having that conversation of that's really normal, but you need to be aware of how that's going to affect you in the moment and make sure you're making decisions that feel good and safe for you within the context of your family, right? Because that's different, your house to my house. But boy, oh boy, that conversation I love. I'll be having that with my kids when the time comes. So yeah, and you're I think right. that's it's really a great cool.
0: example of like how yeah. the conversation progresses, right? Because at first we, you know, we go all the way down to like what's safe touching. And, you know, with littles, this looks very different. But you're right. Once that door opens where there could be physical intimacy experience, these are some great little tools. And
1: I didn't say them last time. So there you are. And I'm glad you said them today. That's that's awesome. How about you? Well, my first thing I wish I'd said is about the social justice episode that we just released a couple weeks ago. And the one thing I didn't cover that once we were done, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had talked about it is the power of voting with your dollar and the power of boycotting. And this is something, again, that we do in our home. We are not afraid to say where I put my money is where I put my values. And so I don't want to put my money towards something that I don't agree with or a company that perhaps is using their profits to put money towards something we don't agree with. And so we have boycotted several things during the lifetime of our kids in the past 10 years and been very vocal with them about we're making a decision to boycott. Here's the point at which we would go back to using this company. This is what we want to see from them before we start putting our money toward them again. And a couple of times that's happened. And so we've reverted and gone, okay, the boycott worked. And that's the other thing is I think boycotting is extremely powerful. It really does work. And so recognizing that and helping our kids see that that's just a simple thing they can do is just say, for right now, I'm going to forego that to make sure that my dollar is being used in the way that I'm comfortable with. And then once I've seen that change, then you have to talk about, well, was that what we were looking for? Was that good enough? There have been times where we've gone, yeah, they made the change, but we don't really like how they went about making it. Or we don't really like how long it took them to get to that feeling of pressure. Um, So those are just some really good conversations Mm. to be having in the home.
0: Well, and how great that that's from a recent episode. So people might actually remember that and then be able to piggyback on. Mine was from like a year ago. So
1: thank you. Yeah, thank you. no, no, definitely. I I just a, a little thing I wish I'd said a great example. Yeah. Things I wish I'd said. All right. What's number two for you? Well, I have
0: another one that is on the more serious side and from a more recent episode, which was about peer pressure. And we talked a lot in that episode about not only how do we handle that how do we address it if our kids are feeling it but i didn't share a great tool for combating peer pressure that we've used in our own family so i have no idea why i didn't remember this in the moment but that's how it goes sometimes and that is that sharing an experience can be a really powerful tool when dealing with peer pressure it's pretty hard to argue with experience and it can often really just shut down the the pressure in that moment. So the example I have from our family is, as our audience knows, we've dealt with one child who had an addiction. And so my kids have really had no issues struggling with how do I respond in a moment if there's pressure about things like drugs, alcohol, other substances. They're able to just say, you know, actually, I've had experience with this. One of my siblings went through treatment, when it gets to that point, it's not cool at all. And so I'm really not interested. And it just shuts it down. They've never had someone who gave pushback or was unkind when they put it in those terms. And so I wish I had shared that because I know many of you out there might have experience in an area where peer pressure can crop up, whether that's substances, whether that's pressure to be physically intimate, whether it's dealing with that pressure to be quote, cool, whatever that is, It's pretty hard to argue with experience. So I just think that was a helpful, helpful nugget.
1: Yeah, I really like that a lot. I think that's a really powerful, powerful tool. And I think even arming kids, even if they haven't had a personal experience to even share, I have a friend whose sibling went through treatment, right? Don't be afraid to call on that. I think that's really important. Well, hi, FFPs. You know, we have been talking for quite a while now about the amazing Cozy app and how it can totally streamline and transform your organizational life. And if you haven't tried it yet, really, you should go try it. It's totally free. You just go to the App Store and download the Cozy app, and it's there. It can help with scheduling pickups and doctor's appointments and all the things that we're juggling all the time. It can help with your grocery list. It can help with recipes and meal planning. I mean, it's really just got everything. And you even have those shared to-do lists and shared lists. So you and your parenting partner, if you have one, can streamline tasks around the home. If you've got kids with devices, they can come in on that too. So everybody knows what chores they need to be doing that week it's really an amazing app so make sure if you haven't checked it out yet that you download it today and if you're a person who takes advantage
0: of organizing tools but finds yourself frustrated that you're still having to remind the other members of your family what's going on Cozy takes care of that too, because they send you an email every morning with the day's agenda. So you know what's happening. You won't have a double booking or a missed pickup, but also your family is kept in the loop. And I think that's really helpful to those of us who feel like we end up being the point person. So if you haven't jumped on board and you've still been on the fence, it's a great time to give this a try. And again, it's everybody's favorite price, free. All you have to do is download Cozy from your favorite app store, and that's C-O-Z-I, and you can get started today. What's your next one?
1: Well, mine is about the body modification episode that we did oh. because I shared the absurdity that was my decision to get my second tattoo right on a whim mm. in in between the tank top strap and the, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the base. But what I didn't do was share the story of that tattoo. And actually, I think like it, I just want people to hear it because it, it was a it was a rash decision, but it, it had a beautiful story behind it. So I... <laughs> Just for the sake of oh public, yes please because I appearance. mean you're right there's nothing there's nothing <laughs> quite like
0: getting a tattoo that you've worked around one specific shirt <laughs> so that, yes we would love the context and the background
1: yeah that decision was bad um but the story behind the tattoo is good so the tattoo is a chai which is a Hebrew symbol it means life it's part of my Hebrew name and so I had heard a story when I was younger like twelve or thirteen about a woman who had um, survived the Holocaust by making tablecloths for the Nazis. She was a seamstress. And so the Nazis in the camps had her make like embroidered tablecloths. And unbeknownst to them, she embroidered a tiny little chai at the corner of every tablecloth that she did. Mm -hmm. So the Nazis had no idea that they had the Hebrew word for life on their table. Wow! And I thought that was yeah, it's a beautiful story. And so for my bat mitzvah, I actually had highs in my my skull cap, my yarmulke, and in my prayer shawl and my talis embroidered because of that story. So the mm-hmm. the symbol had had a long standing meaning for me. It didn't. It wasn't just like I know, I'll get a high <laughs> right here in the space between my tank top strap. And <laughs> I had been thinking about it for a long time. But I, I think I mentioned this on the show. My mom freaked out because she was like, "Now everyone's going to know you're Jewish. You're yes. you know, that's like really scary. You shouldn't have done that." Blah blah blah. Which again, as a mom, now I'm like, "My goodness, what was I thinking?" But I just wanted to give context because a, it's just a beautiful story, and b, it, it, like I just felt like I really came off kind of idiotic when I shared that story, <laughs> which I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was. But at least there was a lovely story that had been with me for, you know, at that point, eight years. Um, so yes. there you go. The the what of your <laughs> tattoo and the why were
0: really nice. The how and when were where it went sideways. Yes. And and where. <laughs> the how, when and where. Yes. <laughs> the how when and where, right? Because the tank top straps.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go.
1: All right. What great. else you got?
0: Um, I only have one more that is you know, not to our fun part that we're going to talk about, but it's from the same episode where we had, had some fun. It was the, I have a question episode. And we just kind of asked each other questions on this episode, everything from like personal to professional. And I, I think this is important because it's vulnerable and it's authentic. You had posed the question about what is a hard thing about podcasting and, and being a podcaster. And for me, I think, especially because we're in this parenting space, and I am a parent, one of the hard things that I didn't mention is imposter syndrome. Because I have-ish crop up with my kids. I mean, even now, and most of them are out of the house, right? And so there's these moments where you're confronted with a blind spot in your own parenting, or you have a child who feels wayward for a season, or like they took a major left turn, and you're thinking, I didn't raise you like that. And so there's this feeling, kind of a heavy burden That I must in some way be a perfect parent if I'm going to impart parenting wisdom to anyone else. And so that has been a very real thing for me. It's a hard element of this job. I love, I love, love, love this. And that is hard for me because there are moments where
1: I'm like, I have no business giving people parenting advice, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. That is so true. I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome, but that is a yucky feeling. And I have it too. I mean, just today when you and I were doing our morning agenda before we recorded, I was sharing with you something that someone had pointed out to me about one of my kids and I was like, yes. oh my gosh, of course. That's what I would have coached someone else to do. And somehow yes. I was missing it entirely. It just went yep. right over my head as a thing like, oh, I should do that. So yeah, that is that is very real. And I'm, I'm glad you shared it because it's true. We are not there are no perfect parents there really aren't it's it's literally impossible to get this mm-hmm. job right a hundred percent of the time and for sure but that that is a feeling I get too of I better be perfect at this and my p- kids better be perfect out in the world because everyone's looking at me knowing this is what I do yes I, ugh, it's, gross. it's gross it can make you feel very on display yep yes um before I share my last one and then we get to do fun fun things. I just want to remind everybody about our holiday blowout sale because if I don't do it right now, I'm going to forget and we'll end the recording and, and then it'll become a thing I wish I'd said. Um, right. So, so we have a major blowout sale going on now for all of our digital resources, all of our online programs. Everything's five bucks except our flagship program, which is 10 bucks. So if you have ever wanted to purchase one of those, give yourself a little gift this season. Now's the time to do it because it's never going to be this cheap ever again. So go onto our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, click on the digital resources tab. Everything in there is five bucks and the flagship program is 10. And while you're surfing on your phone or on your computer, go follow us on Instagram too.
0: I don't want that to become a thing I wish I'd said. And we're almost to the end of the year and we're working to get to that 1000. So give us a follow. We would love it.
1: Exactly. Okay. So the last thing I wish I'd said on the, what do you want to be when you grow up? episode, I had talked a lot about how my parents, almost to a fault, were like, live your dreams, go out and be whoever you want to be in the world. And that like, no one prepared me for dreams changing. No one prepared me for Mm. like, that might not work out. And then what do you do? Um, And so, but I wanted to explain what I didn't do justice to my parents for, Was that a sentence? I don't even know if that was a sentence. But anyway, what I wish I had said, now I wish I'd said something else there. What I wish I had said about my beautiful, beautiful parents is that the reason they did that is because neither of them had an ounce of that from their parents. And they were raised, you know, my dad was raised you're going into business and you're going to be a businessman and you're going to get a business degree. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted to do something totally different and he didn't get a chance to pursue his dream. And my mother, you know, was the daughter of Holocaust survivors, immigrants to Canada. They were farmers. Like they were just trying to scrape by. It was like, you made decisions based on money. You made decisions based on stability. You didn't pursue your dreams. So the two of them were quite the pair coming together to raise me. And they were like, live your dreams, you know, like we didn't get to do that. And so I think that's really where it came from, from them, um, which is a beautiful thing. And so I I hope I'm creating some balance for my kids of live your dreams and please also be smart about it and be prepared for your dreams to shift and change and to go through multiple careers because that's actually really quite normal these days. Mm Really common.
0: But I love that you said that because we've talked about this several times on the show, how easily we can kind of fall into parenting as a response to our own parenting. Yep, And really, that's all your parents were doing. You know, they that wasn't either wasn't a choice for them or they were parented toward a decision that they didn't love. And responding to that is very normal. So let us normalize that for you, everyone. If you are trying to make sure you parent the opposite of something your parents did, or there's some things that were really lovely and you're trying to recreate those, obviously, there's caution around that. It's good to be careful and present balance, like Kira just said. But also know that's very normal. Look, Mm -hmm. Kira's own parents did it.
1: Yep. And they were great parents. And that was a and great they were amazing. thing like, yeah. if I had to pick between their experience and my experience, I would pick my experience every time. Oh, I just yes. wish there had been just a little bit of balance and prep for right. what happens when your dreams crumble around you. <laughs> you yes. Know? Or you don't like that
0: same dream anymore. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. So no, that's that's a great that's a great one. Yeah. All right. Should we do some funsies? Let's do funsies. Okay. I just have a silly one, but when we did the I Have a Question episode I wish we'd asked each other about our favorite foods because that seems like such—I mean—seems so obvious, and yet we missed it. And I know yours are different than mine, so very I'm, different. Uh, yes, so
1: I—I I think you should share. Okay. Well, I have three three favorite foods, like meals. We're talking about, right? Are we talking sure, about sure, whatever you want. I think it's free form. I mean, I could talk about foods I like. For the next 10 minutes, and that would be the show today. <laughs> um, so here, I'll do I'll do my three favorite meals and then I'll okay. do like my favorite like random thing. So okay. my favorite meals uh in order are Ethiopian, like a veggie platter, Ethiopian, Indian food, like a, a really good curry, and steak and mashed potatoes, medium rare. Thank you, like a filet mignon, you know. Okay, so did you go one to three or three to one? I went from favorite. My favorite is Ethiopian. Okay. Second okay. favorite, Indian. Third favorite, steak and mashed potatoes. Okay. Garlic mashed potatoes. That potato. is super Just, fun. You know, if, if I'm given the chance. Favorite random food is ranch dressing. Anyone who knows me, like <laughs> my friends still joke about it. I'll get, we'll go out for dinner and they'll order me a bowl of ranch. If I ever Ooh. find out I'm really sick, I will eat ranch like soup unashamedly because I have <laughs> nothing left to lose. Um <laughs> I would literally dip almost anything in it. It is my favorite food ever. And then my favorite uh, candy is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. But we did not name Reese after the peanut butter cup. It's (laughs) important to make the distinction. Yeah. Right. How about you? That is awesome. Well, I didn't think of the
0: meals, but I do have a few favorite meals, so I'll share. I don't know that they're in any hierarchy, but I have a few faves. There is a restaurant that is in Spokane that does a pasta dish that I love. And it's like a baked masta and there's chicken in it and the sauce is kind of spicy, but it's like baked with cheese on it. So I love that. And I also really enjoy steak dinners as well. So that's, that's something we share in common. I, I tend toward the baked potato instead of the mashed, but that's because of the toppings, which will become clear momentarily. So my favorite foods, individual foods, definitely it's the four C's. So, carbs. I love bread. Like, honestly, our family was fortunate and and went to Paris this summer, and I live for the croissants and the baguettes in in Paris. I, I, I I'm almost always carrying one around. It's pretty bad. <laughs> so, carbs is the first C. But generally, I'm gonna say, and I do love pasta, but like a good soft bread. Oh. Help me. (laughs) The second C is Coke, not cocaine, (laughs) Coca Cola. (laughs) One of my few vices. Like, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I've mostly tapered off tanning. Yeah, don't come with me with the hate mail. Yes, I lay in the bed sometimes. But Coke, every time that I've quit it for a while, I come back. I just think it's one of those things I'm not going to ever be all the way done with. And I've learned to embrace it. The third C, cheese. I, I'm i like you with what you said about the ranch dressing. This is one where if I was given a diagnosis that I could not eat dairy, I would, I'd maybe crawl into the fetal position and have serious crying session. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Cheese, I, every time I've done like a paleo diet or whatever, I'm like, I didn't really end up missing the sugar. I was okay without the legumes. Oh, my goodness, the dairy. Like, I can't. Yeah. So so that's one. And then the fourth C is chocolate. And Mm -hmm. I I will say I'm picky on that. I like a real good chocolate. But I really do like it. It's a problem.
1: So there (laughs) you go. The four Cs, carbs, coke, cheese, and chocolate. Only you would organize your favorite foods into the four Cs.
0: (gasps) Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think of that.
1: You didn't? (laughs) i love you i love that you did it without that's phenomenal okay oh my I, goodness hurt you. i heart you the four c's here are my four c's
0: Cock. well i guess
1: oh. i'm <laughs> i'm truly myself no matter what
0: is happening <laughs> so and you should just know because while we're being just sharing about ourselves there's another funny thing about me that i think is just i should have probably said on that episode mm-hmm. where we were learning about each other and that is i do not sleep barefoot can't be done <laughs> can't do it the sound i mean the feeling of feet on sheets is one thing dreadful but the sound <laughs> if if someone around me has dry feet and i can hear them on the sheets i really want to run for the hills do you so, make
1: scott sleep in socks
0: no and i can't cope i often put in earplugs I, I just i can't or i'm like you really need some lotion pal like I just can't, and it, and it's it's a total joke. Everybody knows because I've done this since I was small. I mean, my mom teased me on your wedding night: "Are you going to keep your socks on?" Like it was like a thing. So there you go. Dina does not sleep barefoot. It's a no from me.
1: Oh my gosh! I love you so much. I love you. That's okay. I would eat a bowl of ranch like a soup bowl. So you know. Well, we're there a you good go team. with a spoon. A really no problem. Team. I mean, hand it over. Soup spoon. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Listeners, we hope that you enjoyed some of the things that we wish we'd said and that they helped to kind of round out some of the episodes that you've been listening to with just a few little extra tidbits. So as we said a little earlier, look, I did remember. Sorry, everyone. Don't forget about the blowout sale. And on our website, all of our digital resources are five bucks and the flagship is 10. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are so close to a thousand followers. We want to make it by the end of the year at Future Focused Parenting. We will be back next week with uh, the final episode of 2021, and we very much look forward to talking with you then. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee and editing by the incredible Alison Preisinger. Thanks for listening.